Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. someone describe him to me. I want to discover him. That's why in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says that the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he reveals belongs to their sons and daughters forever. So if I spend a lifetime discovering his heart and his nature, guess what? My kid doesn't have to start over because I get to share that with him. And then he gets to share that discovery with his kids. So that's why, that's my, that's my heart. You guys know that. My heart, my heart is so that these kids never know what a dead church feels like. Like, like if someone talks about the spirit of religion, they're like, what in the world's that? Right? Like, what is that? Religion, I believe, by the way, is, is doing the right thing for too long. Because most of it started out as a really good idea, right? But then if you do it for too long because you want to do it, because you're comfortable doing it, it becomes religious works from that day forward. And I don't want them to operate in that. Pray stuff like this. You know, some of our friends have prodigal portraits in their church where they write down the names of prodigals, people that used to know God that have left God. And, and Brett actually asked me, he said, are we going to have one of those here? And I said, I, I, I don't believe we're ever going to need one. And I'll say that in arrogance because our kids, we're just believing that they're going to get so set on fire that we don't have to pray them back into the kingdom. That's, that's my hope. And I'm not putting pressure on them. I have faith in him that will captivate their heart. And so even if they're in here with their iPads or tossing the ball up and down, I the Spirit still speaks. <laughs> hey, we have kids' ministries, but I don't think we have to hide them in the back all the time either. It's, they're noisy. Get over it. <laughs> Most people who complain about the kids being noisy, by the way, are probably the ones playing on Facebook the whole time I'm preaching. <laughs> so, whatever. It doesn't matter. We just want them, I, I, and, and I want, and I say this all the time, we want people to be comfortable in the presence of God. Now, it's not losing the fear of the Lord, but I want, I want our kids, teenage, I want them to be comfortable in the presence of the Lord. So when he shows up, we go, oh, I don't want to be there. It's like, no, he's here. God's going to do something. So that's sermon one. So sermon two is the Lord's releasing the grace to go after him. Like I'm convinced that that's just what I, I just want to give my life to that very thing. It's like, I'm a pastor. I get that. I get to travel and do revivals. I want to give my life to going after Jesus. That's it. He says, those who seek me will find me. <laughs> right? I just want to spend my life doing that. And maybe if I go after him just enough, and by the way, so I've like had this phone call even this week. Someone said, well, aren't you worried you're going to burn out? No, it's not my fire I'm burning. It's his. And if he can light a bush on fire that doesn't extinguish and burn it out and flame it out, he surely he can do that in my own heart to where it never burn up. I just want to go after him. 
And I want to go after him to such a degree, and I don't think this is selfish because this isn't about me, it's about his glory. I want to go after him to such a degree that it grants other people permission to go after him as well. I just, I just want my life to be an invitation to get to know him more, to go get alone with him, to go spend time with him just like Jesus did in Mark chapter 1. You know, great revival breaks out and he's there ministering all night. And so what's Jesus go and do? <laughs> Since very early in the morning, he went to go pray. He got alone with God. And then you'd think, well, they had a knock down, drag out revival service. You'd think they'd just extend the meetings, not Jesus. He's like, they show up and his boys are like, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus says, let's leave this town because <laughs> I'm much, <laughs> I've got to preach the gospel. To the towns nearby I'd be like man let's just set up shop and let's just let's do this thing right here Jesus no because he got alone with the Lord he leaves he leaves and Mark 1 40 I may be off on the verse but Mark 1 40 a leper comes immediately after Jesus leaves where he just had this amazing service a leper comes and he says, if you're willing, cleanse me. And Jesus says, I am willing because he's always willing. I am willing, be cleansed. And then that guy goes and tells everyone and Jesus' reputation blew up so much. This, I think this is 43 or 44. It blew up so much that he couldn't even enter into the city anymore. But the whole towns were coming out to where he was. And so this one man who got healed because Jesus spent time alone with him went and told everyone about what Jesus did. It's, it's real similar to what happened in, oh gosh, what is it, John 4, the woman at the well? It's real similar. Come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Hey, that's what we want to go after, a lifetime of pursuing his presence. So uh, let me just read this. And I'm going to go to Joshua 3. Now I've held on to Joshua 3, 5 for the last decade, which says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord your God will do something amazing among you. And like that, that has been my lifeline. Like I'm going to be hopeful today. I'm going to be passionate today because tomorrow breakthrough's coming. Tomorrow the amazing thing's coming. This week I was just revisiting this and and the Lord's been doing something. I've just been revisiting Old Testament, but looking at it through a new covenant lens. And you guys are all smart. You guys know how to do that. But it's just like the Lord's just breathing fresh on his word with me. Let me just start with verse one. It says, then Joshua rose early in the morning. And he and all the sons of Israel set out. Now they're going to try to pronounce the next word. <laughs> and he came to the Jordan. And they lodged there before they crossed. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp. And verse 3 so important for tonight. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Ark of the Covenant. Beautiful ornate box, but... For all intents and purposes, it's the ark of the presence of the Lord. It represented the manifest presence of God amidst his people. So I would propose tonight that our hearts are arcs tonight. 
because they host the presence of the living God. You're a temple fit for a king, right? He came in, he redecorated, he bought new furniture, he, he moved everything all around so that he would be happy living inside of you. You don't have to reach up to heaven to get to him, he lives inside of us. <laughs> however, there should be, verse four, however, there shall be a distance of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it and <laughs> that you may know the way by which you shall go. And right here, verse four, for you have not passed this way before. You've not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We're being invited into a lifetime of pursuing the presence of God. I believe that's realistically what revival is. We talk about revival all the time. It's not just a once a month Friday night meeting. It is every day going and getting along with him, spending time with my father, communing with God, becoming more like him, being transformed into his likeness. That's what it is. Revival looks like people giving me phone calls and saying, I prayed for someone this week. And now I get calls from our, our lay people and they're like, it totally messed me up. I went, and I went and prayed. I went and did this. And it's someone that a year ago would not have necessarily done that whatsoever, right? Like, I just think that's what it is. Or a revival was a seven-year-old taking three pages of notes this past Sunday because the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. That's what it is. But it all starts with us pursuing his presence. There's a lot of things that are inherently good in this world. Coffee's good. <laughs> Donuts are really good. <laughs> Oreos. <laughs> we have an Oreo anointing in this church. <laughs> but everything that's good is inferior to the pursuit of Jesus. Psalm 63, 8 says, my soul clings to you. I think the KJV says, my soul chases hard after thee. Your right hand upholds me. The passion translation of this verse says this. It says, with passion, I pursue you and I cling to you. So I'm going, not only is his, his reckless love chasing after me, but I'm chasing him down and I'm not letting go. I'm, I'm like, I'm grabbing onto him. I'm not letting go till he blesses me. That, that's what this is about. I'm, I may walk with a lamp the rest of my life because you can't, you can't wrestle with the living God and him not mark you. You're going to look a little different. <laughs> Here. With passion, I pursue you, pursue you and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. It's so good. Hosea 6.3, it's the same word which, which was used to, I pursue you, uh, or my soul clings to you. It says, so let, us, so, so let us know, let us press on to know God. Let us pursue him and grab on so that we can come to know him. What's Jesus say? What is, what is salvation or what is eternal life to know God? I thought it was to pray a prayer so that I could escape hell. No, I mean, that's part of it, I guess. It's to know God. It's not to know or hear a description about God. 
but it's to discover his heart and his nature. I'm going to wear that out. So good. So back to Joshua 3. It says, verse 3, it says, When you see the ark of the covenant of your Lord, your God, with the Levitical priest carrying it, you shall set forth from your place and go after it. Again, it represents the manifest presence of God. And, we, and presence is kind of a buzzword. So we use it a lot here. We hear it a lot. We want your presence. We want your presence. Do not miss the one who is present when his presence shows up. Like when, when you're like, oh, the Lord's presence was here. You're really saying the Lord was here. When you're like, I sense his presence. You're saying, I sense that he is near. Don't, don't miss that in this because we're not talking about some mystical being that's miles and miles away. We're talking about a real person who's present, who's here in the room with us. And either we're completely wrong and we're off our rockers or we just happen to be right. And I'm betting everything I have on that we're right. <laughs> when you see, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, when you see... The word see, it actually means this, when you expect the ark, when you expect his presence, it comes. There's something special about expecting him to move that actually causes him to move. And I don't know how to say that. But it's like if you come in here and you're like, I don't think anything's going to happen. Right? Nothing's going to happen. You get in a group of believers and you're like, I'm here. There's other people here. He promised where two or more gathered, he would be there in our midst. Anything is possible. And I just think in this type of environment, like some of y'all probably going to even get healed tonight. And we're not even, we don't even have to pray for that. It's just in his goodness, he touches people because he's here. He's like, oh, can't resist that. I don't know if he makes that noise, but I sure would love if he did. It's like whack-a-mole, right? And just touches you. <laughs> so where do we find his presence? And you can find his presence all sorts of places. But I want to talk about this by way of honor for just a few minutes. We all have people. I think we all have people. You all have people that provoke you. And they can either provoke you towards God or they can provoke you to the point where they're actually, their freedom offends you and you're like, I don't want any of that. But secretly, you really wish that you had what they had. <laughs> There's lots of ways to recognize it. But again, I want to talk about some other people. I believe if we would begin to honor some people that are hungry for the living God, if we would honor people that you're like, they don't even have to be anointed or whatever. We use that word, but, but you're like, man, they are hungry and they're going after the Lord. And it's like, every time I see them, I get encouraged or I get excited, right? Or every time I see them, I think I can run through a wall, right? I mean, there's people I, that I surround myself with like, man, if I just get around them, I believe anything's possible. And if I can, if I can honor them, then it actually invites me into what they're walking in. Now, every person carries the presence of the Lord. That's actually 1 Peter 2, 9. I'll get to that in just a second. But let me look at this part of the verse. It says, and the Levitical priests were carrying it, referring to the Ark of the Covenant. The Levitical priests were carrying it. So here's these priests carrying the presence of the Lord. It's actually carrying it with poles. 
so they wouldn't touch it. And it says, when it says that they were carrying, it means that they were actually exalting the presence of the Lord. They were raising up the presence of the Lord. And it actually means they lifted up to a higher elevation. There's some people in our lives that you just know they're lifting God up to a higher elevation than we personally are. And it's not to make us feel guilty. Actually, it's like, man, if they're living their life that way, I bet I could do that as well. I want to begin to raise him to a higher elevation. And by raising him to a higher elevation, it actually raises our life to a higher elevation as well. <coughs> That's much better than you all responded. <laughs> like, well, I'm not a Levitical priest. Well, in the New Covenant, that's 1 Peter 2.9, you're all priests. Doesn't mean you walk around with a clerical collar. It's just be weird. <laughs> it says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, which that's his own possession is, 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 is a peculiar people, is what other translations says. And that Greek word is peripoiesis, which means solely belonging to another. You become a royal priest by just saying, I'm solely going to belong to Yahweh. I'm solely going to belong to God. So good. We're a chosen race of royal priesthood, man. We solely belong to the Lord. Solely belong to God. Hmm. Here's, here's, here's the truth though. The price is, it's easy to pray a prayer so you can go to heaven. That costs you much. But the price to pursue is presence. That's, that's, what, that's what costs something. The price to not compromise costs something why in Joshua 3, let's look at this. It says, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Talking about the ark. The commanders go through the camp and say, the Levitical priests are going to carry it. And you shall set out from your place and go after it. Set out, it means this, to move on. It means to tear loose. It means to actually cause to no longer exist. So you said this was home. You thought this was home. You pitched your tent. You set everything up. But guess what? You no longer need to stay there. You actually, when you set out, you're actually going to say this no longer exists because my home is wherever the ark is going. My home is where his presence is at. So it doesn't matter where I am. It matters where he is. And where he is is where I want to be. Set out from that place, the home, the dwelling. It says set out from that place. Actually, place could mean this. Governmental, uh, 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 governmental or military fortification. <coughs> so it's a really, really safe place. And he's saying, if you're going to pursue him, you may have to step out into something where you don't really feel that it's all that safe. But it is safe. <coughs> because he's there. To 
pursue his presence means we probably need to get over ourselves and move on from the comfortable. You're probably going to feel exposed. It's like, huh. first time you move away from home, right? Like, I was so ready to move away from home when I moved away at 18 or 19, but I so missed home when I was gone. Felt exposed. This is what's fascinating as well. Set out from that place. It actually could mean set out from your seat. So it's like you get really comfortable where we are and you get so comfortable that you're like, I got the best seat in the house. I ain't moving. Right? But what if, what if breakthrough starts to come when you stand up? What if I no longer have to ask for prayers but start walking in breakthrough? Again, we crave safety, but He is the one that's safe. <laughs> we say this, by the way, and this, this is a pet peeve, but we say, oh, God wants to get me out of my comfort zone. Well, how does He want to get you out of this comfort zone if He's the one whose name is Comforter? You know what it is? He wants to get you out of the lie that you're believing that you're actually comfortable where you are because you're not. He's the comforter. So it's like, I'm not, I'm comfortable right here. Well, look, you may think it's much more comfortable with him. (laughs) To go after his presence, it'll take you into unfamiliar territory. Some of y'all leave Michigan, (laughs) right? (laughs) And even though you're in cardinal and cat country, you guys are going to be Buckeyes before you know it. I'm just saying. (laughs) I believe in miracles. (laughs) However, verse 4, however, there shall be between you and at a distance of about 2,000 cubits of measure. And so, so at this time, you know, if they touched the ark, they would die. But I think if you look at this through a new covenant lens, all they wanted to do was they wanted to see which way the ark was going to go because if it went to the right, it would go, they would go to the right. If it went to the left, they were going to go to the left. Now, new covenant, he lives inside of me. So I don't have to have him way out in front of me. I actually just wait for him to tell me which way to go and I go do that. He says, do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you shall go. For you have not passed this way before. Jesus. Pass means to cross or to travel. (coughs) You've not crossed this way before. You've not traveled this way before. Here's what really messed me up this week is you have not passed this way before, and, and I know there's kids here and that's okay, but 
This is what the word says. It says that you have not been intoxicated this way before. So what, what do I, I means that you haven't been so, in, and it's not, you haven't been intoxicated with by him to such a degree that it really doesn't matter about anything else that's going on. You're just going to go do what he does. You can think of it like this, that you get so enamored with your, your spouse that you would do anything with them. I remember when I met her, I said, like, right? It actually could mean this, by the way, too. <laughs> you have not passed this way before. It could be translated as this. You have not been impregnated before. So what does that mean? <laughs> It means, it means that when you start to pursue him, well, we, we know the Bible says, draw near to God and he draws near to you. Okay? He lives inside of you. But what he actually does is when he comes inside of you, you actually, everywhere you go, if you're living by the spirit, he fills you up with so much. John 3:34 says he gives a spirit without measure, which means that he doesn't go like, here's an ounce of me this week, Michael. He gives it without measure. And so, so what it means is he fills me to such a degree that everywhere I go, and, and you'll have to excuse, I'm just being, just being plain as I possibly can be. Everywhere I go, I give birth to the living God in my day-to-day life. Now, what does that mean? It means that when I come to the grocery store and I see that you're crying and you're tore up, I'm like, oh, bless you, sweetheart. It's going to be okay. Jesus is king and he's still good and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm just giving away Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what it is. It's, it's, and so I get so pregnant with him that I just can't help but to give birth to him everywhere I go. Some of us want to go longer than nine months. We're like, I'm not letting him out. And he's ready to come out right now. Our city depends on it. Our city depends on us being so filled with the Holy Spirit that it's like someone, they may not even know what you carry, but like you come and you, you, you know, you, you go somewhere and you just shake someone's hand and, and they're like, what in the world was that? And, and then you can be like, that's Jesus. He lives inside of me. I know it sounds really weird, but he absolutely is madly crazy about you. And he is me too. He actually thinks you're pretty amazing. I mean, it's just woof, everywhere you go. What if someone yells at you, cusses you out? What if someone, someone cuts you off in traffic? Or what if the person behind you is mad because you've been at the grocery store? Like I learned, I learned the grocery store at Shelbyville, if you go before 8 a.m., they're going to have one line open. And chances are there's going to be at least seven old ladies in front of you with baskets full of stuff. So I have the, opportun- I have the opportunity to be aggravated and annoyed. Or I have the opportunity to talk about how good Jesus is the entire time when the lady's in front of me and the entire time when the sweet lady's behind me. I have a captive audience, man. And I'm a little bit wide, so the lady in front of me sure ain't getting out of the grocery aisle. She's trapped. Boom, she's going to get it. Why? I'm filled with him. That's what he wants to do. Where Christian means little Christ. He just wants a bunch of little Christs running around the place. <laughs> Amen. Amen.
minute. Hey, give me just a minute. Let me, let me finish. I'm the prophet of the hour, okay? Let me finish, and I'll let you talk at the end. Thank you, brother. Bless you, my friend. Bless you. That being said, if we go after him, we'll be led into places <laughs> where we begin to find him so intoxicating that we just say, I want so much more of you that again, he just begins to fill you up more and more. Next thing you know, next thing you know, if you're a hopeless person, you get filled up with hope. Next thing you know, if you're an anxious person, the anxiety begins to go away. It gets filled with peace instead, right? He replaces the negative with him, which happens to be a positive. He replaces the lust with, with contentment. And I'm not talking about lust as in carnal. I'm talking about just lusting after stuff. He's like, no, I have given you a peace beyond all understanding. Instead of a spirit of fear, he begins to fill you up with courage. You get filled with that everywhere you go. You give them away. Everywhere you go, you give them away. And to pursue his presence leads us to deeper levels of consecration. It says, consecrate yourselves, for the Lord your God will do wonders among you. Consecration means to set yourself apart. Too long in a church, we've thought that setting ourselves apart meant setting ourselves apart to where we didn't get our hands dirty. You're not set apart. You're set apart, yes. But you're, not, you're set apart to be apart, but you're actually set apart to be used. And so when I get born again, when I don't, I'm not saved from the world, I get saved to God so he can use me. Consecrate. I think we need a deeper level of consecration. <coughs> However you want to use me, use me. Whatever you want to do in my life, do it. Whatever you need to do, do it. Whatever, we pray this all the time. Whatever corners you need to sweep out, sweep out those corners. Take us deeper than we've ever been. Deep is calling out to deep. And we're asking you to fill us to such a degree. We're asking you to set us apart. Not so that we can say, look at us. But we're so that we can say, use us. So we can respond like Isaiah did when he saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe was filling the temple. And around him, there were angels with six wings, and with two, they covered their eyes, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. And they were proclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And then an angel flew to Isaiah and, and took a burning coal from the altar of God and touched his lips and Isaiah said woe is me woe is me <coughs> and so is all my kind because my eyes have seen the Lord God Almighty and then the Lord responds and says whom shall I send and Isaiah says here I am send me we want the Lord to consecrate us so that he can send us <coughs> maybe that's just me But it costs something. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 31. You're going to have to die daily. You're going to have to, your flesh is going to have to get crucified. You're going to have to surrender a little bit more than you did yesterday. But he's worth it. He's worth it. Listen to this. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I mean, my goodness, if that's not worth it, then I don't know what it is. 
What's wonders? I wonder what wonders is. <laughs> Dad joke. Ethan and Brett, you're welcome. Wonders means something amazing, something surprising. It means something astounding. It actually means a display of God's power. Would you not like to see a display of God's power every single day of your life? Right? What, 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 if, what, if, what if not seeing a display of his power has everything to do, everything to do with our level of consecration? What, what, if, what if not seeing a display of power has everything to do with we haven't surrendered enough and we've actually chosen to stay where we are rather than to pursue him? It's what he wants. And I'm not chasing after wonders. I like wonders. I like signs. I love when people get healed. I love when people get up out of wheelchairs. I love when people, I love when migraines go away. I, I, I love when we see, see carpal tunnels, like my, the easiest thing in the world to pray for now for me. It's like everyone and their brother's wearing a wrist brace because they play on their phone too much. And so it's, it's like nearly every grocery clerk has something on their wrist. It's like, Lord's going to touch it. He does nearly every time and just be healed. Like, I love that stuff, but it's not about chasing that stuff. Mark 16 says that these signs will follow. So what's that look like? It's like, he's here. I'm going to pursue him. And as I'm pursuing him, the signs are following me. It's like, and they're like, oh, boom, I stopped. I ran into, oh, they run into me too, right? I don't know if you've ever done that to your kid. You're running down, like you're going down the aisle and you stop and you make them run into you. Maybe that's just me, but I think it's funny. <laughs> but it's about pursuing him. And as I pursue him, it's like, it's like when a boat goes through the water, it leaves a wake, right? It leaves a wake behind it. And so there's a ripple effect. As I go through my life, as I'm chasing after him, it leaves a ripple effect behind me. And everyone that gets touched by the ripple effect gets touched by God. So the question is, are we willing to really pursue? Mike, I, 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 I don't want to sing a song that says, let it rain. And then the rain comes. I'm like, oh, I, I don't want this rain. It's too wet for me. I, want to, I don't want to sing a song that says, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere, right? I don't want to sing that. And when he's like, okay. And I'm like, nope, I don't want that. I was just kidding. <laughs> I didn't really want you to do that. Or, or how many of you ever prayed, have your way, God. And then he starts to move in your life. And you're like, well, any way but that way. <laughs> like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. You just want to say, I am yours. I am my beloved's and my beloved belongs to me. Like that's just how I want to live my life. And if I lay bare before him, if I expose my heart before him, he comes and it's Ezekiel 36. He, he says that he takes this heart of stone and he removes it and he begins to write his word, right? He begins, he removes the heart of stone and he gives a heart of flesh and I'll be able to follow his decrees and I will be his people and he will be my God. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.